electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. All right, Shep, thank you very much. Yeah, some good questions there about what happens to the couple hundred Americans or American allies that wanted to get out that were unable. And as Shep said, we are still waiting for Secretary of State Anthony Blinken to make a statement after the last U.S. plane did leave the country. We will go back to the State Department when or if that does happen. But until then, let us get right now to fast money, as much time as we have left in our trader lineup. It is Guy Adami, Tim Seymour, Brian Kelly, and Dan Nathan, as of course, we do monitor, guys, the latest. If Blinken steps back out early, we will dump out of this as well. So my apologies, guys, in advance. All right, so if that happens, that happens. But right now, this is fast money. And let's talk about money very quickly. And markets. It was another record day on Wall Street. The S&P 500 and NASDAQ closing at more all-time highs. So let's trade this. Guy Adami, it is so odd sometimes to be in this business. Because on one hand, we're watching the disaster in Afghanistan as the last U.S. troops leave and the Taliban takes over with a couple of hundred Americans left behind. We've got a disaster in Louisiana with the storm, and yet the markets, they just shrug it off and continue to move higher. Yeah, and that's been the case for quite some time. We talk about it all the time. We try not to mix in politics, and we're very careful in our language. We understand you use the word heartbreak absolutely in the devastation to our fellow citizens in the Gulf Coast, it's heartbreaking. But what we're tasked to do is try to figure out what the market's uh, up to. And to a certain extent, we do a decent job on some nights. And I know for a fact, not so well on others. But I'll say this, as we get to month end, the money continues to flow in. Passive investing continues to be the theme, a market that's impervious to any bad news. Some of the headlines you just mentioned, and, and the beat goes on. September, historically, an odd month, we'll see. But until then, there's no reason to try to fade this thing. Yeah, Tim Seymour, would you agree with that? I would. I, I, I get concerned by the calendar month of September. I get concerned at the VIX at 16 and, and really where it's plunged since, you know, Fed minutes and then Jackson Hole. And, and I, again, I, I'll always say more Fed equals more volatility. So um, I, I think, you know, we've had uh, a lot of reasons to, uh, you know, at least uh, throw, as Guy refers to, the passive, you know, asset flows. I mean, look at the move in Apple today, you know, 3% move in the world's largest company. Uh, look at the move in Amazon. Look at, you know, some of the mega cap tech names uh, are places, though. Um, you had a rally today that, that gave you some sense of, yes, the markets are confident we're at all-time highs. Uh, but if you look at transports, you look at value orientation, uh, you look at industrials, and, and you look at places where you really are relying on growth and a Fed staying out of the way longer. And, and those are sectors that continue to be under a bit of trouble. I know we've had this rotation back and forth, uh, but as we look towards September. That's really where I think the jury is out, because a day when the biggest companies in the world by far um, controlled today's market flow, most of the market was, was flat or down. Yeah, it was. And, and that is an amazing point, I think, uh, Dan, that, that Tim is making about Apple. You look at Apple, you don't see 3% days on the world's biggest company with really no new... I mean, we could talk about the iPhone 17 or whatever one is next, Dan. Uh, what, do you see any sign... <laughs> that this incredible money flow into the biggest of the big companies 
is going to slow down anytime soon? Yeah, I think Tim just kind of mentioned it. You know, it really does have a lot to do with rates and growth expectations. We saw this in Q1 of this year when rates were much lower and we saw a rotation into more cyclically sensitive, GDP sensitive names. Um, you know, we, we've seen it back and forth. Rates down, you go into these growth names because you have a growth fair. Um, and then when rates go higher, you want to be in the more GDT, uh, GDP sensitive names. Listen, Apple's been consolidating here for a few weeks. It just broke out. There was a piece of fundamental news. To me, when I see this sort of price action um, in Amazon and Microsoft and Google and Facebook, to me, it seems a bit defensive. I tried to make a case why I thought stocks might go lower. It's about a week and a half ago on the same show that Tom Lee of Fundstrat came on and said, we are about to have a melt up and everything rally. He was clearly right here. I tried to fade that. If you look at the NASDAQ 100, look at this chart that we have going back nearly a year from the September 2nd, 2020 high. The only thing I will tell you, though, is that from that high, the NASDAQ dropped about 14% in a straight line in September. The last time it got back up to that trend line, it dropped about 13%. Where did we stop today? Maybe only because the market closed, but as Carter Braxton Worth would say, to the penny of that trend line. So maybe September is going to be a bit <laughs> ugly here in the markets. Maybe expectations have gotten high in the plowing into these major defensive tech names is probably not that bullish right here. Yeah, BK, I mean, you look at the, the worst performing stocks in the S&P 500, they kind of have something in common. It was Capital One Discover. It was basically credit card companies, consumer spending. It was airlines like Delta and United, Philip saying that we're seeing kind of a slowdown in the growth of new plane tickets being bought as well. And it was some of the cruise lines. It does kind of appear that, that the bad performers today are the people that are still scared about the economy going forward and maybe what that says about September. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, look at the signal from the market, right? People, what do investors want to buy? They want to buy idiosyncratic growth. So that tells you that the implication of that is there's not going to be the economic growth that we thought there was going to be. And it looks like we had this reopening burst where everybody who hasn't traveled for a year, haven't flown for a year, they did it all. Now it's over. Look at airline prices as you go into September and October. Those are those are rolling over. It's a lot cheaper to fly. You can find a seat. Airlines cutting capacity. They're not seeing that demand. So we are in this low to slow growth environment. The bond market told you that the yields went down today. We're seeing an uptick in inflation. Um, but what investors want for now uh, is the Nasdaq stocks that idiosyncratic growth. To me, it feels very frothy. But it also feels like it's going to be a melt up. Every single strategist that I'm reading and talking to is saying, yeah, we're going to melt up, but maybe something could go wrong in September, October. It seems to me like the path of least resistance is this kind of scary melt up. Well, Tom Lee, the shout out from Dan was correct. The everything rally, at least right now, by the way, up more than 3% in the month of August. Dog days, all bark, no bite. All right. Coming up on this short edition of Fast Money, we are all over Zoom's big after-hours move. They blew away earnings. The stock getting blown away. It's down 11.5%. Why? We'll talk about it next. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. 
crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. All right, welcome back to Fast Money. We have got an earnings alert on Zoom. Shares, they are tanking, down 12% after the numbers, which on the surface look pretty good. Kate Rooney, what's going on with Zoom? (laughs) Hey, Brian, Zoom shares are down, as you said, double digits. It was a mixed picture on guidance, but investors are really focused on decelerating customer growth at Zoom. The top and bottom line, as you mentioned, Seemed pretty good. They were better than expected for the second quarter. Revenue and EPS both beating the street's expectations. EPS was a beat by 20 cents. Investors, though, really are homing in on that growth slowdown. For enterprise customers, that contributed more than $100,000 in revenue. The quarter-over-quarter growth rate dropped from about 27% back in the fourth quarter to about half of that in the most recent quarter. And for businesses with more than 10 employees, the growth rate dropped By about six percentage points, it grew at just 1.6% in the most recent quarter. The call kicking off at the top of the hour, CEO Eric Yuan sort of joking about Charlie Munger of Berkshire Hathaway. He mentions those remarks about how much convenience Zoom has added to his life. He says he's offering to be Munger's uh, tech support if he ever needs it. So a nod to the ubiquity there of Zoom and how popular it's gotten Yuan, though, on a more serious note, sort of highlighting the launch of those apps within Zoom. He says there's more than 50 apps now directly in the Zoom meeting experience. He also says that added to the revenue beat. And Brian, this is sort of a pattern for Zoom earnings. It's the fourth straight quarter the stock has been down following an earnings beat. And Zoom has yet to miss an earnings estimate or Wall Street's estimates since going public. It's beat every quarter since listing as a public company. And this was its 10th quarterly report. Zoom CFO Kelly Steckelberg tomorrow joining Squawk Box in the morning. Tune into that interview. You won't want to miss it. Back to you. All right, Kate Rooney, thank you very much. We'll stock down nearly 12%. All right, guys, let's trade this. I mean, Wall Street behind the curve. They got a $415 average price target or median price target, about 65 or now 75 bucks above where the stock is now. 
Some analysts there, Dan, are closer to 500 bucks. I mean, your take on Zoom, its numbers, and where it might be headed. Yeah, I don't know if this is that surprising. There's been a lot of competition in the space, too. And I know that those enterprise customers and the, and the, the, the declining growth rates are really a concern. This is probably a mid-20% revenue grower, even after these expectations come down. And the question really is, is about valuation, trading at about 73 times next year, um, earnings and about 22 times sales. $100 billion market cap, I mean, it's really kind of hard to justify. Last week, we spent a lot of time talking about Salesforce and their acquisition, uh, the closing of the acquisition of Slack. I mean, this is a company that, yes, they're going to need to talk about all of these apps within their platform and build it out. They're probably going to have to use that currency to continue to make some acquisitions and really become a broader platform here. There's probably a valuation, Sully, where it settles out somewhere not too far from here that I think a lot of institutional investors are going to get back involved. All right, we're going to find out. Stock well, well, well off those highs, Dan. Thank you very much. All right, coming up, the Reddit trade is at it again, this time on Vinco Ventures. Who? That has options traders piling into the name. We'll give you more, including who that is next. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, welcome back to Fast. PayPal popping today on news you heard here first on CNBC. Sources telling Kate Rooney PayPal is getting into the stock trading business. PayPal reportedly holding talks with potential partners in the brokerage industry to roll this out. Shares of PayPal finishing the day nearly 4% higher on the news. BK, it's interesting news and it hurt Robinhood. But then shortly after Kate broke that news, you had a headline that the SEC is poking around (laughs) banning the idea of payment for order flow. I mean, to me, that would make PayPal's plans DOA and make Robinhood hurting. I mean, yes, if that actually came through. I'm I'm assuming that it's probably a lot of just kind of saber rattling right now or a trial balloon to see what that is. But, you know, Wall Street has a pretty powerful lobby. I would be surprised if payment for order flow was completely banned. It might change a bit. You know, for me, when I looked at PayPal today, I was a little surprised. Robinhood going down made sense to me. What didn't make sense to me was Coinbase not going down. Because PayPal is effectively trying to be a Coinbase, a Robinhood, and a Charles Schwab all together, and maybe even a Square all together. So I would think it would put pressure on a lot of those other ones. I think this is a really good announcement for PayPal. Yeah, Guy Dami, would you agree? I mean, the market loved it, but does that mean it's going to happen? I mean, PayPal is a trading platform? Why not? I mean, Jamie Dimon, if you go back, I know you know this, back in January, he made a comment that, you know, we should, when he talked about we, the banks should be all scared blankless of what's coming in terms of fintech. And he sort of followed up with that back in April. And J.P. Morgan's probably the best suited in terms of taking these guys and gals on. But I think it's I think you do stay with PayPal here for a myriad of different reasons, not least of which this. I think the stock has a real chance to test that prior high we made a few months ago at 308 or there or thereabouts. 
Yeah, Tim, I mean, PayPal, you think about when it was just tucked inside of eBay. eBay's market cap is now, I think, an eighth of PayPal. I mean, they have figured out this game, but you just wonder. I mean, I think we're the only five people in America not starting up a fintech, although actually some of you guys might or might already have done that. You just wonder how crowded that space is going to be. Yeah, actually, Brian, I've got a big announcement to make on the show tonight. Um, No, just kidding. Um, I I do think that the story here for for PayPal is something that, by the way, on their second quarter numbers, eBay, if anything, uh, was the compression around their take a pay rate. They're trying to roll it off faster than, you know, than than later. And and that makes a lot of sense. Dan Schulman at their investor day, I don't you know, somewhere early in the winter um, made a point to say um, we expect our, you know, super app. Uh, which is going to have a lot more than the ability just to trade cryptocurrencies, which, by the way, so they're already kind of in this game, uh, but they want to add a lot more of a value proposition because they don't want people just to be uh, spending their money and parking their money on PayPal. They want them to be making money, and they've made this very clear. So the question really comes down to, for PayPal, um, is it, you know, what's the price you're paying for this? I think before this type of a news announcement, analysts are comfortable, you know, anywhere from 40 to 50 to 60 times on PayPal. And, and when you think about they're growing 30, 35 uh, percent in those two Q numbers, or excuse me, annually, and, and that their volume growth was up, you know, 45 to 50 percent, that that's why they're getting this multiple. Um, I don't think the SEC announcement today, by the way, first of all, I think good news for the SEC. I think getting out there and, and, you know, Gary Gensler is very focused on transparency and these dark pools and the dynamics there, I think, are something to be spending time on. Um, I don't think that that necessarily puts a death nail on all the people that talk about this kind of a business in any way. You know what? I just thought of it, Tim. We're going to start an app that has transparency into your financials. We're going to call it Seymour, S-E-E-M-O-R-E. You and I. You like it? Like what's going on there. Yeah. Reverse SPAC, $2 billion valuation tomorrow. (laughs) Coming up, Reddit traders setting their sights on a new name, and that has options traders plugging in as well. It's a name you've probably never heard of. Who is Vinco Ventures? You'll see more of that right after this. All right, welcome back. Check out media acquisition company Vinco Ventures, ticker BBIG. It is soaring. It's the latest chapter of the Reddit trading crowd facing off against institutional short sellers, perhaps. Today's wild action, the name spilled over into the options market as well. Vinco, 33%. My co Joining us now, the stock soared. What happened to the options? Yeah, so the options, which were actually already quite active ahead of today, traded 11 times their average daily volume, almost 790,000 contracts traded overall. That would place it third in terms of the most active single stocks traded all day. And the most active options traded were the 7.5 and 11 strike calls that expire in September. Those 11 strike calls, over 82,000 of those traded for just under $1.90, meaning that traders were risking more than the stock actually cost in January to bet that the stock could rise another 80% by two weeks from Friday. So some pretty crazy volume that we're seeing in there. Certainly is. Watch Vinco Ventures, BBIG. Mike, thank you very much. And as always, of course, tune into Options Action. The full show is every Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Believe it or not, it is already time now for our final trades. Let's go around the horn. Tim, why don't you kick it off? 
Yeah, look at that that lows breaking out, and and I think if you look at those second quarter numbers, the margin expansion and their competition with Home Depot, I, I think some of those comps are looking better towards lows. So like the stock here, like the sector. All right, lows like it. VK. Yeah, well, anything related to cybersecurity has been on absolute fire. I think CyberArk still has some room. CYBR. Dan Nathan. Yeah, so this Zoom, if it breaks 300, headed towards those May lows, maybe around 275, 280, that's probably where you want to pick this thing up here. Let it breathe a little bit below there. Guy, Dami, your Yankees are red hot. What stock do you think might be red hot? The Yankees are red hot. Lost two in Oakland, but that's okay. Take a day off. We'll get back at it. Uh, I'm not giving any thumbs down to some of the things we talked about, uh-huh. but I'll give a big thumbs up to the NASDAQ, <laughs> which just continues to grind higher. NDAQ, Brian. The NASDAQ, we know it. Guys, thank you very much. All right, well, that does it for this Fast Money Hour, but don't go anywhere because we have a special edition of Fast Money that begins right after this break, and we are awaiting, as we said, a live press conference from U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken about the last plane leaving Afghanistan. All that is next. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 